Good morning, South Towns family. Thanks for tuning in uh, this morning on this cold, snowy Sunday morning uh, here in Western New York. Record uh, record high for snowfall. Um, and due to all that, we're having church online today. And so I'm, I'm glad that you tuned in. And so we will be live uh, back in the building next Sunday. And I look forward to seeing you face to face. And so I hope all is well. I want to encourage you today with a word from the book of Nehemiah of how that you and I can become better people of prayer and more effective. Um, I'm finding out by hearing people and listening to people and what they're saying. It just seems like many people uh, around us are praying a lot more today than in the past. And, and, I, and I believe that to be true uh, because of many reasons, many things happening in our towns, in our community, in, in our surroundings. And so people are, are, are seeking God for assistance, seeking God for direction. And so I, I want to encourage you today with this word that as you and I both seek God, uh, how we can become a little more effective in that time that we spend together in prayer. And so Nehemiah is an amazing example. And so if we're going to talk about prayer, let's open up with prayer this morning. So Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone watching online. Lord, no, we may not be gathered, gathered together uh, physically in the building, but God, we're together here and we know that you're in our midst. And so God, as this word is spoken, God, teach us, uh, encourage us, Give us the ability to apply these simple principles to become better and more effective in our prayer life with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. And so I want to talk to you uh, about Nehemiah. Um, Nehemiah is a great man of God who actually at one point rebuilds the walls in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, he's very effective in what he does. And we even see he's very effective in his prayer life. And so let's take a look at the scripture this morning. Now, Nehemiah is asking about what's happening with uh, the city and with the captives as they're coming back. And, and he gets a report um, and he gets a word of what's happening. And, and like us in our life, we get words and we get reports of what's happening around us. And so the question is, what are we going to do with our word? Will it stir us to have a conviction like it did Nehemiah? And when we do get the word and we do begin to respond, how do we respond to the word, good or bad? If that word is uh, either one, what do we do? And here's Nehemiah. He gets the word about what's happening. And, it's, and it says this in Nehemiah chapter 1. This is the report he gets, verse 3. He says, he is told that things are not going well for those who return to the providence of Judah. They are in great trouble and they are in great disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed. Now, here's the report that Nehemiah gets. Not a very uh, uh, healthy one, not a very happy report, but a negative one, a bad one. And so in life, we're going to get those. We're going to get reports that come like that. But also in life, we're going to get good reports. We're going to get things, uh, this is great, and this is awesome, and this is how, how this is happening. Um, but the question is, what do we do? See, the report that Nehemiah got was about how this great affliction had overtaken the city of Jerusalem, that everything has been tore apart, that there, there, there's been rebellion, the, the walls have been tore down, the gates have been burned, the city's opened up for looters and, and anyone who wants to come in and steal and, and do anything they want to do. And, and, and that word stirred something within Nehemiah. Because he received that word, he got a conviction about making a difference 
in that city? You know, do the words that we receive, you know, stir something within us? Do you, do you have a conviction this morning about something that you heard or you're going through that's really stirring you and stirring within you uh, and, and, and taking you to a different level? Um, this word stirred Nehemiah. And so this conviction stirred him so much uh, in verse 3 that he responded to it. He responded to what he heard, and this is what he did. He prayed. That's the first thing he did. He prayed. The Bible says in verse 4, Nehemiah says, When I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned. I fasted and I prayed to the God of heaven. He prayed to the God of heaven. I love that. The word that he received stirred him to pray. What are we hearing around us? And it doesn't have to be in our family. It could be something on the news. It could be, you know, something that we hear from a coworker. What are the reports that we're receiving, good or bad? You know, are they stirring us to pray? How about we don't have a word? Do we get up in the morning and are we stirred because of the deep conviction within us to draw closer to God? Are we people of prayer? And if so, how can we become more effective? Well, let's look at what Nehemiah did in his prayer time. See, Nehemiah starts his prayer out because he knew the power of God, and he knew that God can make a huge difference, and he knew that all that was needed would be found in God. So in verse 5, this is how Nehemiah um, starts out his prayer. He says, O Lord God of heaven, the great awesome God, who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. <laughs> Nehemiah's first response in prayer was a time of praise, a time of honoring, a time of exalting who God was. And he did this because he knew God and he knew uh, who God was and he knew the, and, and had the ability to experience God, you know, in that relationship that he's been building with God. And so what I take away from this beginning of the prayer is before I ask for anything, before I intercede for somebody else or for something on my behalf, I must take a moment to lift God up and to honor him and to exalt him and to praise him and to just to love on him, to, to place him above everything else in my life, every circumstance, every situation, every bad report, every good report. But just take a moment in our prayer time and say, God, you are the, the creator of the heavens and earth. You are awesome. You are majestic. You are beautiful. And just take a time of just loving and exalting and praising who God is. And so that's how he started his prayer off. He didn't go right at it. Like, I need this, 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 and that. He's like, no, God, you're a God of unfailing love. You're mighty. You're powerful. You're all-knowing. You're all-present. And God, I love you and I honor you. And this is how we should start our prayers off, that you're everything that I need. You're the breath that I need. You're the, you're, you're, you're the strength that I need. You're the wisdom that I need, God, because you have all those things, and they're greater than anyone else's. And so Nehemiah spent a few moments um, in, in this prayer time of just lifting him up. And so let me encourage you as you go to prayer, before asking for anything, before interceding for somebody, spend a few moments just loving on God, exalting him and praising him. And then he says this in verse six. He says, listen to my prayer, God. I look down 
Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that they have sinned against you. Yes, even my family and I have sinned against you. Verse 7, we have sinned terribly, not obeying the commands and decrees and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Wow. He still hasn't asked for help about uh, Jerusalem, about being able to make a difference. He starts off by exalting God, lifting him up. Now he takes a moment to self-evaluate himself in the presence of God. And, and he, he comes to a realization that he fell short and the people have fallen short. And so as he's persevering in prayer, like he says, day in and, and day out, night and day, night and day, weeping over what's going on, he all of a sudden has a moment in his prayer of, of confession and repentance. He's saying and he's being honest and open with the Father, saying, you know what, God, I've sinned. We have sinned. We have fallen short. Um, God, hear me as I cry out to you. He, he's repenting. He's wanting to make things right. He's wanting to get right in the sight of God. He wants to make sure there's nothing there that's just him and God. And, and, he's needs, and he wants to be where he needs to be in his walk and his relationship with God. And he lays it all out before God. And I love that because I think that's a key part for us too um, in our times of prayer is that, you know, we spend the first few moments lifting God up and then we take a moment to evaluate where we're at because sometimes we fall short. We may have had a bad day, said something we shouldn't have said, responded a way we shouldn't have responded, treated someone the way we shouldn't have treated somebody, or we forgot about God for a couple days, a couple hours, and, and now we come to the realization, man, I'm not where I need to be. And so, we take a moment after of honoring God through our praise. We take a moment and we get right. We, 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 we do a reflection within us. Our mind, our actions, our speech, all who we are. We take a moment and we reflect. And if we're not where we need to be, we say, hey, God, listen, man, I'm not where I need to be. I messed up. I confess to you that I've sinned and I screwed up and I, and I need your forgiveness. I need you closer and closer. Not that you're not there. But I, I want to make sure that everything's in the open, Father, because I just want to be who you want me to be. And this is how prayer becomes effective because we're not hiding. We're just being open and honest. Nothing's being hidden before God. We're praising and we're confessing and repenting. And then he does this. I love this part. He says in verse 8, Please remember what you told your servant Moses, that if you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, even then, if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for, that I have chosen for my name to be honored. Verse 10 says, The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to my prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. So Nehemiah is stirred by this word. There's a deep conviction to make a difference. And so in order to make a difference, he begins to pray about how to make that difference. And in that prayer, he begins to start, he starts the prayer with honoring God and, and exalting him for who he is. You know, just spending a few moments praising and loving on him. And then he comes to the realization he knows that he's not where he needs to be. And there's a moment of confession, of confession and repentance, of getting right before God. And then he brings up to God, before he even asks about favor from the king, he brings up to God 
the promises that God said. See, he, he, he declared and he claimed those promises over himself and his people because he said, he says, you know, remember what you told Moses, that if, if we, your people, if we uh, are scattered and if we disobey you, you'll scatter us. But if you tell us, if we, not if you tell us, but if we come back to you, we will honor you that you will bring us back from exile and you will place us in a place where you have chosen and that your name will be honored. And so it's so important for us to realize that, that God has promises us throughout the whole Bible about who we are as his sons and daughters. And so in our prayer time, he's praying the promises about how they were at one point this way, but now they're returning. And because they've returned, you're going to do something. You're going to move the way you promised and you told Moses. And I think it's important that we pray the promises of God in our lives. And you can, you can look them up. They're throughout all the scripture, you know. And so, you know, we, we, we pray them. We, we pray the promises and of blessing in, in Deuteronomy that God, you know what? You said that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and I'm not beneath. And in this circumstance, in this situation, I, I, I believe that you're going to place me in that role. I believe that God, by the, by the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross, there's healing in that blood. Your word says it, your word declares it. So therefore, God, I appropriate the healing blood of Jesus over this body, over this person who has sickness and who needs that healing touch. And so here Nehemiah, as he begins to declare the promises of God over his life and over the people's lives. And then he gets to the point where he asks for favor with the king. Because Nehemiah doesn't just want to pray about something, or pray for somebody. He wants to also physically be a part of the solution. And so he asks the Lord to show him favor to the king, that the king would let him go and be a part of that rebuilding process. And I love that about Nehemiah. We know he's a man of God. We know he immediately sees God. He fasts. He he praises the Lord, he exalts him, he confesses, he repents, he begins to pray the prayer, uh, the promises over him, and then he says, God, listen, show me favor, because I want to make a difference in getting this solution. And so, you know, he, he prays these points that are so open for us, for our lives, because he wants to make sure that those people are going to be okay, that that city is rebuilt to its glory, and so... And we know in the story that the king gives him favor to do just that. And so uh, his request was, send me. And so what can we learn from this short passage and this short prayer? Is one is that we're going to get reports. Our reports will be good, they'll be bad. The question is, what do we do with those reports? We're going to have convictions. Will those convictions stir us? to to make a difference and to do something uh, for those things that were convicted about with the power of God and the presence of God. Because that's what Nehemiah did. He was convicted to make a difference. And so he was stirred to pray. He was stirred to seek God first. 
And in his prayer, uh, he had some steps that I think will help us. He had the step of, ex- of exaltation, exalting God, honoring God. He had the step of, of making sure that he was right, confession and repentance. He had the step of, of, of praying the promises and the word of God that were spoken over him. He had the, he had the, um, uh, the ability to ask God specifically what it was that he needed. God, I need favor that I can go help out. And I think when we have that uh, and we begin to apply those things, it will help us definitely become better people of prayer and we'll draw closer to God because that's the goal is to be connected as close as we possibly can be with our Heavenly Father. Because with Him (laughs) and His Holy Spirit, we can do great and mighty things for the kingdom of God. And so I want to encourage you today to take a moment today and pray. Take a moment, lock yourself away for 5, 10, 15 minutes, and just seek the face of God. Tell him how awesome it is. To, you know, get right with him if you need to get right. Read over the scriptures and, and, those, and those words and those convictions that you have. Pray those promises of God into those areas. Seek him in those areas. And then ask him, God, is there a way that I can also be a part of the solution physically, not just spiritually in my prayer life, but God, what can I do to make a difference? And if we can, if we can begin to do those things, we're going to see great and mighty things done for the kingdom of God. We're going to see people come to know Jesus on a personal level. And so on this cold and snowy day, I want to encourage you to take that short word and begin to apply it to your life and see what will happen. I challenge you to become a people of prayer greater than you already are. And some of you are like, why pray an hour a day? I know, we'll pray an hour in one minute. <laughs> Just try that. No, I'm only kidding with that. But we can become great people of prayer. So listen. God bless you. Let me pray for you as we get ready to close uh, this, this, this short sermon out. And so, Father, I thank you for their word today. I thank you for those who are watching. Father, I pray that you have stirred something within us, that you have brought conviction uh, to our lives to make a difference, God. Then, and even now, God, as we hear a word and we receive a report, whether it's good or bad, that the first thing that we do is we do what Nehemiah did, is we go to prayer. God, let us always remember those few things that we, we should be praying your promises, that we should be spending time honoring you and exalting you. We should be spending time of, of confession and repentance, making sure that we're always right in your sight. And God, that, we, that there's always an, a possibility of, of being a physical part of the solution of what we're praying about. And God, if that opportunity comes, let us be released to do just that. And so, Father, I pray you, you keep your people safe, you keep them warm and fed. Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together. We love you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. And so before I uh, sign off here, I just want to give a couple quick announcements. Um, Thank you for being here. Um, It's definitely different preaching uh, to my phone in my kitchen area. Um, So it's it's not as, uh, as easy as it is on the platform. Uh, so, but we do have a couple quick announcements. One, water baptism, because of the storm, it, it set some things back. It's going to be pushed to January uh, 8th uh, will be our water baptism date. And so if you signed up, you'll be contacted. If you have not signed up yet, uh, just sign up and then we'll get you on that list for the January 8th water baptism date. Um, every year we do a Christmas uh, poinsettia sale. It was supposed to start today. Um, you can check online. Uh, next Sunday we'll be taking uh, orders for anyone who wants to uh, buy a poinsettia. And then you'll be able to take it home with you after our Christmas uh, night celebration. And then next week, remember, is our food pantry food drive. Oh, we're looking for pastas. We're looking for soups. We're looking for pasta sauce. 
us uh, to help continue to feed our community and those who are in need. But once again, thanks for being here today. Stay warm, and I will see you next Sunday. God bless.